All right. All right. What's up, guys? Yeah, I've been pretty good. Um, Welcome back, everybody, to the world's most consistent podcast. Yeah. We've actually been making a bunch of episodes. We just haven't released them. Yeah. So it actually really is a very consistent podcast. You just don't hear it. Yeah. And that's actually a lie. That's not true at all. (laughs) But (laughs) anyway, yeah. So what have you been up to, man? I mean, we haven't even... I mean, we talked, but not really about the kind of stuff that we talk about on this podcast. So yeah, what have yeah. you been up to in terms of this stuff? Um, mostly uh, just working on coding and stuff like that, working on uh, mm. incremental video. That's been probably my main thing for the last couple months. And that's like getting mm. close to being usable. Uh, so yeah, that's about it. How, how about you? Yeah, so just before I answer that, I just want to ask a couple questions. Like, is there a user interface for that? Because I know you were doing it from the command line for a while. Mm. So is there an interface for it now? How's it coming along? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a basic uh, interface. I mean, you're kind of limited with what you can do with um, the program that I'm using. It's, it's called MPV. It's a very good mm. like audio mm. and video player, right? But mm. you're obviously, you don't have the same uh, functionality, like uh, options available to you that you'd have making like something in a website or something like that, then you can uh, make the all the HTML and around the player and everything look nice. You can add lots of buttons and stuff with the MBV mm. thing because it's just a, kind of a command line program. It's, it's like a little bit more difficult, I guess. But yeah, mm. it, it's coming along and there is like a, a, a primitive <laughs> UI to make it more usable just by normal humans, I guess. <laughs> yeah, people are not on Linux. Right. So I guess the benefit of using MPV instead of like rolling your own thing Mm. is that it essentially can take any media source and takes care of the localization and then it can just play that, right? Is that, is that right? MPV can basically play anything. Yeah. It can even play like YouTube without ads. It can play lots of different streaming sites without ads, live streams, even if you really wanted to all kinds of video formats, local or remote, you know? So it's just, it's kind of like a, um, video media player sort of swiss army knife it just deals with anything you know and it has very good support for writing scripts so that's what i was um Mm, mostly interested in it for but yeah so it uses is it youtube dl for the for the actual downloading of the videos um yeah yeah so uh you don't have to like download it before you play it um, you can just literally stream it as if you were watching it on youtube i don't think it's like as smooth but um it's like 90% of the way there. And obviously you don't have ads or anything like that. You also have all of the abilities that the scripts give you. So it is like a nicer experience overall, I'd say. And uh, yeah, you can download things if you want with YouTube DL, which is pretty cool. But But at some point it does need to download it, right? Because when you do like a close, an audio close, for example, it's like blanking out a word. So how, what, what are you actually doing there? Are you downloading the full audio? No, no. It's like uh, you can just um, uh, download the part of the stream um, that is uh, like you wouldn't have to download the whole video. If if it was like every time you wanted to make a close, you'd have to download the whole video. That would take way too long. So it literally just uh, chops out a little section. Um, But yeah, I I don't want to go in uh, too much into the details. just because, but maybe maybe there's some people out there who don't even know like what it's about. I'm I'm like (laughs) gonna do a video this week that shows all of the functionality and all of the different um uses that i've found for it so far so 
uh, we've mentioned like audio closes. I found that to be very useful for uh, like foreign learning foreign languages. But I've also mm. added some additional kind of card types that make mm. learning from audio uh, viable in other domains as well. Or at least I, I argue that <laughs> basically because I, I, uh, for example, um, uh, yeah, it's very difficult to explain just um, like this. I, I will show it in the video, but I think it can let you uh, basically learn from like like a podcast on history or whatever, mm. like mm. Uh, or like a lecture on computer science mm. um, and basically by extracting both video uh gifs maybe images uh i can't remember if i said audio but yeah audio as well obviously subtitles right all of that information can be um turned into flashcards and then reviewed actively mm. and yeah there are even some like really wacky applications for it like learning um a musical instrument so I was like keeping. I, yeah, I saw that in in one of your Patreon videos. You were playing yeah. guitar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that could be like a really interesting use. But yeah, I'll, I'll create the video and um, you can check it out. And uh, I'd be interested to know if people have like any other things they want to be added in before there's like a beta, so I can just knock it out really quickly. Um, yeah, I think that's great. I mean, one of the reasons I was asking about it is because. Like incremental video is a really nice idea in terms of like the way that Waz has implemented it and talked about it mm. in Super Memo. But there's all kinds of limitations and you know, we touched on a few of them. Like getting a local video to work on there is I don't know, it's it requires some kind of scientific degree. I <laughs> I don't know how to even do it. Yeah. And also you can't use any streaming site other than YouTube, to my knowledge. Yeah. And there's all kind every time I open a video, there's errors. I don't know why that is, but error, a bunch of errors pop up every time I use the collection of the videos. Yeah, like, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? I know I don't exactly know why that is. About. And then somehow making an extract, I don't know, it, it never works exactly how you'd anticipate it would work. And again, it's very hard to work within the constraints that Waz was placed in, in terms of dealing with the YouTube API and so forth. So it's not like a lot of it was his fault. But again, if you put more care into this particular subset of features relating to video and audio. There's a lot more that could be done. And, and this kind of active recall of bits of video or bits of audio is a crucial point. And mm. something that always confused me, if you look at the incremental video docs, Waz seems to indicate that you could learn a bunch and retain the memories. I have to sneeze, so I'm gonna try to get through the sentence. Okay. But you could retain you could retain the memories for a long time, even just by watching it over again, which seemed totally antithetical to the ideas of active recall and the testing effect and the generation effect, mm. all that stuff. It, it seemed antithetical to that. And I don't know how it could be that mere review or, or re it's, it's essentially like rereading, rewatching, whatever, re-listening, however you want to look at it. It's the same thing as that. And everybody knows who's tried that. It doesn't seem to work over a very long time period. So you need something beyond that, except the way that you can take notes in a incremental video collection is also limited because it's not merged with your other collection. And so if you want to process those notes and turn those notes into items, now you have to transfer that from your incremental video collection to your incremental reading collection because integrating them would be cumbersome. So anyway, the, the, the main point is there's all kinds of easy wins and not so easy wins that could be built into the incremental video system 
And I think the way that you're doing it is really good because video is a huge resource. I mean, reading mm. is obviously very good, but when you're talking about in the context of lectures or interviews or demonstrations, things like this, they tend to capture a kind of enthusiasm or joyfulness or particularities or idiosyncrasies of the people talking about it, or you capture the culture of the thing a little bit better, or just it's, it's more fun in some cases. It's better for when you're doing something else. Maybe you could do it while you're eating. Yeah. These kinds of things. There's all kinds of scenarios where it is more useful and more applicable for certain contexts. And so I, I think it's great that there's actually going to be a tool, a toolkit that will that will allow us to handle this kind of thing. And you know, it's such a big problem that I've even thought about building it myself. But you know, I I, I like to build web tools, and there's a lot of limitations with web tools in terms of like you would have to download the file onto the servers. Yeah. And anyway, it's all kinds of nonsense. So. Yeah, exactly. There's there's like a whole set of trade-offs. If you decide to go the offline route, then you can't have a nice GUI and have like, you can't create like a, a web service and then have users sign up and all of that stuff. Uh, right. <clears throat> um, but yeah, and then if, if you decide to create it on the web, it makes it more difficult to use like, YouTube DL, yeah, you, you might have to try and go through the normal YouTube API, which kind of sucks. <laughs> Honestly, mm. it doesn't let you do a whole lot of stuff. It doesn't let you right. like download video or anything like that. So yeah, there's right, a whole right. lot of limitations. And um, oh yeah, I wanted to talk about like the uh, the really interesting things I've realized about learning from video and audio. And um, mm. one of them is that. I think that passive review of video and audio might be more effective than passive review of just plain text. Like it's something to do with maybe the, if you think about it in terms of like information, it's a lot higher in terms of dimensionality. There are a lot, lot more right, features right. of audio and vid video that are being contained within that information. And I think something right. about that makes it a lot easier to remember. Like, uh, like, uh, so, Lots of the uh, language learning communities, the the types of cards they use, they're actually very passive, or, or the ones that they recommend mm. nowadays. I'm talking about the people who do um, immersion learning, the mass immersion approach, refold, mm. Uh, mm. megaku or whatever for learning Japanese and stuff. Um, what mm. they recommend are these like sentence cards where the front of the card is uh, like a subtitle extracted from a video plus the audio uh so it's very passive because you both have you can read the text um nothing's closed or anything like that and the audio is just uh, uh what's the the text of the subtitle right mm. uh and mm. then the answer will just be um maybe one of the words maybe one definition of one of the words uh in that sentence uh maybe that was difficult for you or something so it's, it's quite passive compared to mm. uh like closing a word inside a foreign language sentence or something like that right, but right. it's they seem to be very effective uh i i think i really do think it's something to do with um just sound and video sticking in your mind more easily mm. than text yeah it it, <laughs> it has it certainly has a lot more texture to it like in some way this is intuitive that because it's someone speaking it when you read words it's there's no Theoretically, you could imagine that a computer wrote it, right? There's no, there's no other texture to it other than yeah. what's written, right? Yeah. And obviously, great writers can convey some 
emotionality to it. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying in terms of what's there, without you having to put anything on it mentally, it's only the words. Whereas audio or something, like, have you ever seen the show Lost? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you remember that Scottish guy when he says that phrase, see you in another life, brother? Oh, wait, no, oh, sorry. So, I mean, I, I've heard of Lost. I haven't actually seen it, sorry. <laughs> okay, well, it's it's harder to explain, but at some point there's a Scottish guy and he says this phrase, and I can't really do a Scottish accent, but it's something like, <laughs> see you in another life, brother. He, t he says it like that, right? That's pretty and good. And so because, because he said it that way, I've never forgotten that phrase. Yeah. I think of it, like, somewhat often. Yeah. But I wouldn't think of it if he didn't have that accent there's something about his voice that's in it that sticks in my mind you know yeah 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 well that that's uh one of the things that i noticed as well like I, I uh one of the things i've been doing a lot recently is listening to audiobooks um in, in chinese so uh i found this audiobook which i really love it's like it's the example i've i've done in those videos that i've just been sending uh in like group chats um just to show like teasers of the incremental video players it's this book called uh the three body problem and what i really like about it right. is um <laughs> this particular audiobook is that the guy who's reading it he does like these really exaggerated voices right uh so it kind of sucks <laughs> it really pulls you in to the story <laughs> like it's so good when he he even does like the woman's voices in this sort of falsetto <laughs> um, oh. thing and uh yeah it, it just uh i i noticed that i was um, able to extend the initial interval. I actually um, deliberately added something to SMA recently so that you could set um, the initial interval. That There wasn't uh, an option for that before, but it was entirely motivated by these audio closes that I was creating. I was finding mm -hmm. them way too easy when they were presented to me after like five or 10 days or whatever, mm -hmm. the first um, right. showing. I, I felt like it should be more like 30 or 40, honestly, because Mm. Uh, it's actually really interesting something about the way your brain works it's almost as if it's trying to uh, fill in the sounds that are coming later in the sentence before you actually hear it if you know what I mean mm. so I'd noticed right, that right. Um, it's like uh, one of the things that made initially making these audio closes where I should basically explain what I'm doing it's like just like a close on a text sentence when you close over a word with um, that sort of highlighter and then it creates a question for you where there's a missing word and you have to give that word as the answer, right? Well, the audio okay. clo close is similar in that um, you're closing over a portion of the audio uh, and uh, that that portion of audio is replaced with a beep. So it's almost like when someone tries to wants to censor audio that's got swearing in it. It's just like that. But mm, you can use that right. beep for other words, obviously, right? Uh, so one of the right, things right. I noticed is like, I wouldn't even hear the beep, even though I'd added a beep in. It's like I didn't hear it in the sentence when I play oh, it wow. back. It's it's like your brain just fills it in. Right. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> that that seems to happen when you listen to it, um, like when it's really fresh in your mind, and then when you space right. it out further, you hear the beep more clearly. Right. I don't have any science to, <laughs> to back this up no, and I've only been doing sense. it for like a couple of months, but that's definitely something I noticed quite, um, quite strongly. There's a similar phenomenon of if a word is written on the screen and then the narrator of a video says a word that sounds like that, mm. but it's sort of slightly different. 
yeah. you'll hear them saying the word that's written yeah. because you're expecting them to say the, the word that's written. You yeah. know what I mean? Even though they said a slightly different word, you're you're forming it in your mind to the word that's written because that's what you're anticipating. Yeah, you know? yeah. exactly. I, I don't know the name for that phenomenon, but there, that, I think that's a documented thing. Yeah, yeah. Um... I don't like know. That, that Laurel and Yanny. You remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That was really weird because they, they seem like Man, such different sounds. Exactly, exactly. I still have trouble comprehending how it could be. Those are separate words. Yeah. Like as I'm saying it now, Laurel <laughs> and Yanny, they barely share any sound. Yeah, yeah. I, uh... Actually, it's, it is really weird. Like, so in the process of creating these audio closes, you need to, I, I basically create the start of the close and then create the end of the close. And then it starts looping over that portion. And then you adjust it to try and get it perfect. So it's just covering the words um, right, yeah. that you want to cover. But it's really interesting. Sometimes the sounds, like the sounds don't sound, it doesn't sound the same. Um, as it does inside the whole sentence, as it does when you've just mm. isolated the thing. When mm. you like, when you ask someone how to say a word, actually, Alexi was asking mm. me today, like, how do you pronounce the word "what"? You know, just very simple mm. word, right? <laughs> right? Mm. What? But the pronunciation <laughs> changes. Um, you, you don't pronounce the "t" often, or at least I don't, when it's right. part of a sentence, because saying "what" and then another word is very inconvenient. Right. If you pronounce the "t" sound. Um, and really emphasize the T sound, it makes it difficult to pronounce another word after it. So exactly, often, yeah. yeah, it's just like the the way sound, like sounds, a word can sound very differently uh, just depending on where it comes in the sentence or how oh, the person absolutely. is speaking and so on. So there must be some sort of like, yeah, there's, there must be a lot of prediction going on based on the context about what could possibly come next. So that's why I think these mm. audio closes could be really useful because you're training yourself to um do what sort of neural networks do they do like pattern completion based on incomplete input so you you get this input where there's a missing chunk of the sound now you have to complete the pattern just like you do for any other clothes i guess but yeah but don't you think that that pattern completion is not the same as recalling it so if the goal of the item is to produce a durable memory mm. And what you're actually practicing at every review is some kind of pattern recognition mm. because there's only a certain subset of words that would make sense given the context of the sentence, right? Yeah. Like even the tonality of it, all kinds of things like this. Yeah. So isn't that a practice of pattern recognition more so than recall? Yeah, yeah. I guess for... It depends. I guess it depends on how you... Um how you formulate the flashcard so the pattern recognition thing i think that's acceptable in a language learning context because oh absolutely yeah yeah that's a lot of languages i would imagine yeah yeah a lot of languages just pattern completion and um, understanding what sounds make sense in different contexts so i think that's right, okay yeah. and then in terms of um uh like different subjects math science blah 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 history um I'm not sure, like I mentioned earlier, there are different uh, card formats that you can use other than uh, the close because the close, uh, it's it's really dependent on the structure of the 
sentence if you know what i mean so with text mm. it's like sometimes mm. you get a sentence that's presented to you in an article that is very easy to close you don't even have to change anything in the sentence but if you do need to change anything it's really easy with text you can just uh delete a few words um reformulate it in your own words and so on you can't really do that mm. with audio so one of the things i added was um it's going to be kind of difficult to explain just uh like this so let me know if it doesn't make sense but mm. um what I call I, I call it like a closed context card so the front of the card is actually a typed um question uh mm. so it's actual actual text and then the answer would be uh a word or phrase and then be a word or phrase in in terms of the sound so it'd be a word or phrase mm. uh sound component and then also the context uh like the the rest of the sentence where that um word or phrase came from so it's almost like the extra context in parentheses that you'd add after the answer in a close if you know what i mean um mm. so you that gives you more freedom in terms of like the range of stuff that you can range of questions that you can ask uh from audio content because you don't have as much flexibility in terms of what you can you can't just delete words or, or anything like that so the, the easiest way to do it is to formulate a question in text and then have the answer be audio and then also right. have like the context as well which is nice to have mm. yeah i think that's really interesting because i've noticed a few things and they're sort of in tension with each other one of them is when i review a normal item i often just incidentally recall when i learned that like the context in which i learned it you know what I'm talking about? Have you experienced this where you'll review an item and you'll, without trying to, you'll just think of the initial learning experience. Mm. Have you had that? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Right. And so it's that's one piece of it. And another piece of it is I've always wanted the review process to feel more, more new, like more more enjoyable in the sense of real learning yeah. you know what i mean yeah as if as if it's grounded in real learning instead of this repeated process where i just hit a couple of numbers and enter and grade my like it's it's almost robotic even if your items are very good mm. you need like a lot of extra stuff around them to make sure they all fit in context and that the actual review process is somewhat enjoyable all this so i just want it all to to blend together and i've even tried things like taking a snapshot of a video or a person that that i learned something from mm. and then putting it on the answer side of the thing or sometimes even the question side just so that i can be grounded in that place where i learned it you know so yeah. I, I think this kind of audio of the person saying it where you learned it that's probably pretty useful although i still get the sense that for basic things like, let's say, a year that something happened, mm. I sort of get the sense that having that typed out is almost always going to be better than having an audio closing. What, what is your intuition about that? And by the way, just real quick, just for people listening, James has to go in a minute, so I don't want to extend it too far. And James, if you have to go, just let me know and we can stop whenever. Yeah, sure. I, I've got like uh, five, five or so more minutes. Um, okay. So... Um... You were saying it's it's better to have it as text if it's like a year. 
yeah if it's something really basic like that if yeah. the, if the if the individuality of that person's articulation has no bearing on the value you know what i mean yeah i'm not really sure i i, I just don't know how much benefit there is from the audio like if it's like something so simple like a year would you get as much benefit um than if it's like them talking about something in a sentence whether uh, i don't know using lots of expressive language and right getting yeah. you really pumped up or something i don't know right right i, I think right. i just need to do more tests with it uh yeah and they're also like the cost of making these sound items would probably be higher as well in terms of how much time it takes i mean it doesn't take a lot of time but it's still more time than text text is just too easy right. to make closes from right. you know so right um yeah the the hope is that um even though the the cost is higher in terms of creating the card hopefully the the kinds of cards you're creating will make them more valuable or they stick in your memory more so you don't have to repeat them as much or they have some mm. other benefit that makes up for that cost mm. so it might be the case that yeah for like just very simple things like dates um or like just kind of like drier information where mm. there isn't that much i don't know there isn't that much to hook you in in the sentence <laughs> i guess maybe it's just better to do text but yeah we should do some experiments and uh, find out yeah, I think there's a lot of declarative knowledge that is still quite useful to have in some audio form. Like, I have a lot of Feynman quotes mm. that just roll around in my brain. Like, he'll say something like, an atom to an apple is like an apple to the earth, right? Mm. And so if I could, if I, if my review process of that quote, obviously it's not that, it's not a tough thing to remember. I don't even have an item for it. And I've remembered it for years, but if if the review process for that was that I heard him say that, mm. like I tried to recall it and then I heard him say that, that would be a much, just as a visceral experience, it would be much different than reading the words out, even yeah. if it had his name with it. Because I'm hearing this man say it, and he had quite a distinctive accent and just mannerism and level of excitement about what he was teaching, all these yeah, kinds of things. Yeah. And so there's all kinds of things like that. And I've experienced this with, a great many lecturers, you know, even like Patrick Winston over at MIT, unfortunately he's gone now, but, um, you know, he, he has a distinctive style of speaking or Richard Hamming, you know, these kinds of people, you can feel them, you can feel their spirit and, and their energy and excitement for the idea, for the thing they're lecturing about when they're speaking. So yeah. there's something in that that gets lost, especially over time, if you just read the words and yeah. especially if you've rephrased it in your own words to make the item a little bit more terse or whatever it is. Mm. So it's, there, there's all sorts of human elements that, that get lost along the way. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like, um, you know, back before there was writing, writing systems and mm. stuff, like a lot of uh, human history was just transferred from generation to generation orally, right? You have the oral history mm, right, tradition right. and stuff like that. So I don't know, maybe we're finely attuned to remembering uh sound and stuff i i don't know yeah. but yeah i completely agree with what you're saying it's, it's so much nicer it makes it more real it's like real life yeah especially for exactly like, yeah 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 just like pe people when they have a distinctive voice and when it's something historical like I, I could imagine like listening to like a winston churchill speech or something like that like mm. renowned for his like 
kind of speech patterns and stuff and like his speeches mm. and it's much nicer mm. to have that in term, in like audio format and being able to hear it and having like a picture as well and being able to see him uh open that podium as well it's it's just more mm. lifelike and uh mm. yeah yeah certainly i agree with that and in that particular example i watched that movie the darkest hour yeah yeah you know about about churchill and i wept i wept <laughs> multiple times during that movie jesus man oh Anyway. I've not seen it, but I remember someone talking about it. There's something like um, Winston Churchill, he's like walking around the town or something. He's he's asking people like, yes. are you going to give up yes. or something? And they're like, no, we're never yeah. going to give up. It's like these kids. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I exactly, was like, oh dude. man, that is making me tear up and I've not even seen the movie. <laughs> yeah, dude, you got to watch that movie. The, the actor, I think it's Gary, Gary something, Gary, I don't know his name something gary i think and he is he's amazing at it i don't know how how he captured him so well but mm. it's as if he's really churchill at yeah. least in my conception mentally of him and the speeches are so motivational and it's such an emotional film and just a, a triumphant movie i highly recommend that not that it's related but just to say just, just to sum it up because i know you have to go i do think there's a lot of value in like audio or video based learning that gets lost when you try to convert everything just to pure text for efficiency's sake or whatever it is. So I'm excited that you're working on that and I'm excited to just see some updates when you post those. Beautiful. Yeah, I'll try and get our video out soon and um really excited for people to finally try it. It's like it's taking me so fucking long to <laughs> actually finish it. <laughs> That's the programmer's way, baby. Come yeah, on. Absolutely, yeah. Um <laughs> but yeah, sorry this is a shorter one today. Um No, it was good. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. I'm, I'm really happy to uh, get to do these again. I've missed them actually doing these pods. Yeah, me too, dude. They're a ton Absolutely. of fun. Um, <laughs> All right. Oh yeah, one more thing I wanted to say is like, if if you want to come on the pod, and do and like discuss something with us, we'd be very grateful to have you on. And uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know if you've got Even something if you don't interesting. Don't know anything. So yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll make we'll find a way. Even if you're we'll a fool. Okay. Yeah, even if you're literally a moron and you don't know how to even comprehend anything, yeah. we're fine with it. Yeah. We're inclusive here. We are. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like especially anything to do with like, uh, I don't know, the future of incremental reading and spatial petition systems. That's been on my mind recently. If you've got some thoughts about, you know, what would make, uh, I, I don't know, if you've just got some strong opinions about uh, incremental reading software, uh, spatial repetition, learning in general, I'd love to have like a discussion on this podcast with you. It'd be cool. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. All right, guys. So I've got to run, unfortunately. But yeah, thank you, Zander. This was a pleasure, mm -hmm. as always. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye.